The Christmas Gospel comes from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered, and Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this... They made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. My soul proclaims your greatness, O God, and my spirit rejoices in you. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It took him a while to find the box, as it often takes a while to find things that have been stored away for a year, even when you swear you remember where you put them. But eventually, it was located. There it was on top of a shelf in the storage closet, Carefully marked, he had marked it last year so that he wouldn't have to wonder where it was too late. He brought down the box and walked with it into the sanctuary. Carefully, he began to remove each item from the box, unwrapping them as he went and placing them on the floor. He counted as he went to make sure nobody was missing. Mary, Joseph, animals, wise men, shepherds, sheep. Each figure carved from olive wood, so old that no one in the congregation remembered anymore when they had been purchased or exactly where they had come from. For an hour, he worked, creating a nativity scene like he did every year, although each year a little bit different than the one before. Finally, sweaty with the effort of it, he stood back and looked at his handiwork. Only one character was missing, but he had prepared for this. He took a baby doll, 
wrapped it carefully, and laid it in the center. And then Pastor Munther Isaac stepped back and looked at the nativity scene that he had created for his congregation, Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem on the West Bank. Mary and Joseph were nestled among rubble from bombed buildings. The wise men were behind bits of streets and sidewalks crushed by tanks. And the manger was a shattered slab of concrete on which he had placed this Jewish baby wrapped in a Palestinian scarf. When asked by many people why his church had this particular nativity scene this year, Pastor Isaac said, for if Christ were be born today, he would be born into the rubble. First century Bethlehem would have been a town of stone, not wood. Wood was expensive and hard to come by, whereas stone was everywhere and fire-resistant to boot. But stone is hard work, heavy for lifting and time-intensive for carving, and everything was done by hand, so homes were simple, largely one-room buildings. Animals, if a family was lucky enough to have them, would often be brought inside to keep them safe and warm at night and then taken back outside in the morning. Which meant that it was normal to have some place in your house to keep some water and food for the animals to have overnight. And so families looked for that most common building supply they had, all that stone, and they picked a big one or a biggish one, and they carved out into it a space into which they could put water or animal feed, or if you were a new mother in a strange town with nowhere else to go, your newborn baby. From all we've learned from scholars and archaeologists, when Jesus was born, he was placed into a manger made of stone, a big rock carved out by hand, enough space to have that water or feed, or feed for your animal in the house. But it appears that night it was the only place available for a child to sleep. And that's the sign that the shepherds are told to look for, and the one that they found. To look for the love of God made flesh, lying in a bed of stone, born into the rubble, born into the hard places, born into a not small amount of chaos, as Bethlehem swelled with strangers returning to their ancestral homes to be counted so the emperor could get all his taxes. A manger made of the most ordinary common material you could find. It struck me in these days that the shepherds are told not just to look for a child or to look for a child born to parents who are in, staying in kind of a strange place, or even to look for a child wrapped in bands of cloth, but very clearly are told more than once, it's a child in a manger. Which is a detail I've heard a thousand times, but it's kind of passed in and out of my mind for about 50 years until I saw the image a few weeks ago of that nativity scene at Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem. A baby lying in the rubble. That manger, too, 
being made of the most common material available, dust and broken shards of what was once buildings and streets. The love of God made flesh once more laid in a manger, this time one made of the cost of violence and war. Which makes me wonder, if the shepherds came to you and told you they had been looking for a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in your manger, what would they be looking for? What are the most common materials in your life? Your family, your friends, your hopes, your fears? What would your manger be made of? Some 500-ish years ago, Martin Luther wrote that one manger for us to be aware of is the Bible. He said we could think of the New Testament, the stories of Jesus, as the swaddling cloths that have wrapped Jesus up, and then we are placing Jesus in the stories of the Old Testament, the Hebrew stories, to show us that this is a God who has been faithful to God's people for a very, very long time. And yet the Bible is just made of ordinary stuff, written by ordinary people, words and poems and stories and songs and paper and ink. Into this ordinary thing, Jesus is placed and then given to us. Maybe your manger tonight is made of the people who are here with you, your loved ones who bring joy to life and flesh for you, who hold your hand and fill you with cookies and laughter, or friends who are like family, who show up just when you need them. They can be a manger. Christ is placed in them and given to you. Or maybe your manger tonight is made of traditions. This is a good night for those. Grandma's recipes and ornaments that have been passed down from generation, certain foods on the dinner table, songs to be heard and sung, Christmas Eve worship here in this space, presents to be opened now or later, real physical reminders of all the generations who've carried this story for us and handed it to us so that we can hand it to the future. Christ placed in all those traditions, the manger of those traditions tonight, and then given to us. Christmas is entirely about the holiness of ordinary things. 2,000 years removed from that first Christmas night, we can forget how very, very ordinary the story is at its heart. A family forced to travel from their home at an inconvenient time. A baby born into both love and poverty. A bed made hastily of the only thing anybody could find. Sure, there are extraordinary parts of the story, too. A choir of angels in the sky is not something that just happens on a Tuesday, at least not to me. But when God's love made flesh arrives in the world, it is placed in the most ordinary and simple and imperfect manger. A stone carved by human hands, almost certainly with bumps and cracks, and likely not all that comfortable, no matter how many swaddling claws you try to jam in there. Maybe your manger is bumpy too, cracked, occasionally uncomfortable. 
Perhaps your manger tonight is made of tears and grief. All that you will miss for the people who are not at your table this year. Maybe, maybe your manger is made of the bumpiness in your family, the kind that everyone pretends isn't there except everyone knows it is and then nobody just does anything about it. Perhaps your manger is made of the rubble of a life that you thought you had until it disappeared because the doctor called with a diagnosis or the person you pledged your future to walked out or the job you put so much time into disappeared from beneath your feet. Perhaps your manger is even made of anger, frustration that things are not getting better, fears that the world is spinning out of control, confusion about what comes next. Not all mangers are beautiful. Some are made of rubble. Some are made of broken hearts and crumbled dreams. Some are made of fear and loss and more tears than we can count. All mangers have cracks and bumps and broken boards and rusty nails. And you might be tempted to look at those mangers and say, surely Jesus would never be placed in that. At Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem, there lies this Jewish baby doll in a Palestinian blanket amid rubble and stone and shepherds and sheep and grief and fear and loss and destruction. Those old, time-worn olive wood figures, formal and ancient in their carved beauty, are covered this year in the tears and the dust of war. And you might be tempted to look at that manger and say to yourself, Surely Jesus shouldn't be placed in that. But there is no manger, no heart, no life, no loss, no struggle, no war, no place in this world that is too hurt or too broken or too bumpy or too fractured or too ordinary for Jesus. Beloved ones, that is the sign, the very sign we are told to look for. We who have come this night hoping for something good, something beautiful, something to heal our weary hearts. Mangers are always made of rubble and messes and broken boards. And yet at all times and in all places, Christ arrives in them, arrives in you, for you and through you, for the sake of the world. Because it turns out that you, exactly as you are, you're the manger now. So when you come forward tonight to this quite ordinary table, and a simple wafer is placed in your hand, and a quite ordinary person says a quite extraordinary thing to you, that this is the body of Christ given for you, notice that bread in the manger of your hands in your ordinary hands, which have formed beauty and shared embraces, which have written words of hope and love and sometimes of anger, your hands which have done great good in this world and probably deeply stupid things too, notice that Christ is placed in them, in you, 
into your ordinary, bumpy, broken, and beautiful manger. Because that is good news of great joy for all of us. That indeed, Christ is born for and placed in you. Merry Christmas, mangers. Amen.